This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Christian Book Blurb. Now, your normal host will be Matt but I'm taking over today. My name is Chris Rogers, and I'm going to be your host. I lead a podcast called Making Disciples. And I've jumped in on this podcast today to interview Matt on his new book, Standing in the Storm. And I got to read this a little while ago, and I'm going to tell you now, I love his book. I love his honesty. I love his faith. Uh, so I want to welcome Matt to your own podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to be here again. <laughs> Does this feel a little bit strange, having somebody take over what is actually something that is yours? It is a bit strange, but it's also quite nice as well. A breath of fresh air, I think, for some. <laughs> well, I hope to do you and the podcast justice. Um, Matt, thank you so much for writing this book, Standing uh, in the Storm. There's a number of things. I'd love to just give you some feedback as we start. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. I, I actually described your book to my wife as a testimony book. Uh, she said, you know, what kind of book is it? I was like, actually, it's a testimony book. But it is also what I would describe as a what happened book. Uh, you mm. know, this is how it played out. And I would also describe it as, as a book that is just riddled uh, with faith in what actually looked like a time in your life where it could look like uh, faith was failing you in, in some ways but it's also an incredible book of just the witness of God and your and your family's commitment to uh, you know this faith that you have in Jesus Christ so it's a, it's a collection mm -hmm. of things but I, 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 I would predominantly describe it as a book of testimony is that how you would describe it? Um, yeah in a way yes um I mean, I think technically it's under the memoir genre, um, but yeah, it, it is a testimony of, of what I went through in, in, the, in a period of my life. We might get onto this a bit later, but when, when, I, when I just first found out that, that I had, had cancer, um, I had been writing a blog before about sort of worship leader stuff and what have you, and I mean, it was, it was all right, and... But there was a period of time when that kind of sort of died down and I, I wasn't using it very much anymore. Um, but but as this whole thing started un un unveiling itself, I just got a real sense that God said, you know, write it down. You need to share your story. Don't just hide away. Don't, don't keep this to yourself. Share what's going on um, because, you know, I'm, I'm going to use it. And so I did. I started blogging on on the blog that i had i don't even think i re i didn't even call it a different name or anything <laughs> i just picked up the old worship leading blog and just started talking about cancer and what i was going through i think partly as well because i had family and friends in other countries and that sort of thing and lots of people wanted to know how i was and what was going on and it was much easier just to write it down once rather than type 400 emails and send them all around and so it was easier to keep people updated through that medium. But also, I really wanted it to, to um, just reach out and impact people to show that, you know, life can be hard, but God is still in control. 
So I was, I was wanting to ask you that question, actually, about uh, why did you write this book? Every writer has a why. Why did I write this book? And you've kind mm. of alluded to it there. Um, mm. And I, I just want to put, kind of, you said you, you felt like it was something that God was leading you to do. But, you know, you know why yeah. did you write this book? Why did you think now is the time uh, to put this story down? Well, ever since I was... I, well, you know, since I felt that God wanted me to to write this, um, it started off as a blog. But even in the early days, I felt, you know, that, that it's going to be, be it's going to be more than just a blog on a computer. It, there's a there's definitely a book in this. There's definitely something and, and and ways that this can reach others. And and why why did I write it as well? Well, you know, when I first got that diagnosis. The first thing I did is I went onto the internet and I tried to find a book like this that that would speak about a challenging time. I was looking specifically for a book about cancer, but also someone who had faith through it. And there were books about cancer generally and, and sort of people's stories, but not really one that, that, that sort of had the faith element in it as well. And for me, that would have been, oh, I would have really really appreciated reading someone's story um who'd who'd been through it before me and also had sort of clung on to god through it but i couldn't find a book i couldn't find one and so part of it as well coming through it was like well you know what actually here it is <laughs> here's this thing i was looking for i'll actually i'll i'll write it myself mm, yeah do tell me you you're writing these blogs it then became a book how therapeutic for you was it uh, in, in those first days writing those blogs, but then also going back and crafting it into a book? How mm. therapeutic? You know, mm. what was the process for you in that? And, and did it actually bring anything up for you that you look back and think, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure I'm ready myself to relook at this? Or is this a particular part of your, your story, really, where you go, oh, that is still quite difficult to play with mm. with words? That's a good question. Um, in the thick of it, in the midst of it, it was quite easy to write it. Uh, well, when I say easy, uh, there, there were times, I mean, you can look at the blog and it's like, you know, four or five days after the event, I finally got enough strength to switch on the computer and type out a few paragraphs. The the words and the things, because God was present through it all and he was teaching me stuff, even in the midst of of what was what I was going through. And so that it was quite easy just to put that down, just to say, look, this is what God's doing. Almost almost like a journal, really, that, that people could could read and kind of, you know, this 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 hard stuff's happened, but also this good stuff's happened. And uh, this is what God's been teaching me through, you know, recent events and stuff. Because um, I also wanted to witness, because I was I was at the time I was working in a secular environment in, in a school, and I knew that you know, lots of parents and other teachers and things were reading the blog as well. And I also wanted to try and share something, something of real life, but also, you know, how faith and how Jesus can, can make a real difference in someone's life as well. So I wanted that to come across. And so at the time, writing it down um, was, you know, I had no qualms about it. I just, I just wrote Later, though, it, it, it was a bit more difficult revisiting some of the stuff. I'm glad I did write it down 
as I was going through it because I would have forgotten so much detail mm. if I hadn't have had that record in the moment. Mm. So it was great being able to refer back to that and sort of figure out stuff that I'd forgotten. But there were certain things that I wrestled with. I mean, there, there was some, some stuff in... I think it hasn't actually made it into the book. I, I kind of made that decision eventually that I wouldn't include a few bits um, because they were quite personal um, w without detracting from the story. But I'd kind of written most of the book, but then I was really hesitant approaching publishers and things. And, and I didn't quite finish the book for about a year. It was on pause for at, at least a year while I was wrestling with stuff, mm. um, trying to you know, reconcile stuff and, you know, <laughs> all this, you know, you're putting your life out there, you're putting your experience out there. And, and I, rem I recall an association of Christian writers day I went to, um, they were talking about writing memoir and someone there said, you know what, you are actually in control of telling your own story and you don't have to tell all of it. You can keep some stuff just for you. Mm. And you don't feel that because you're telling your story, you don't have to, you know, put absolutely every little detail down because you don't. The story itself, you know, will still be told. You don't have to include some of it. And so after a year of wrestling with it, that kind of came back to mind. And I thought, oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> I don't have to include this particular detail. I can, I can. The, the book will still be great and will still have an impact even without this bit. Mm. So, yeah. So, there were, there were times when it was, it was quite difficult and I had to wrestle with stuff, putting it together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that as well. Cause it, it is helpful, isn't it? Sometimes um, it can be hard to know how much to say and, and what not to mm. say. And um, I think there's also that moment when you're reading something that somebody's written, you almost want them to keep some things personal as well. You don't want to know it. I don't want to know it all, um, for yeah. sure. Um, I want to just shift gear just f from writing, just to your family for a moment. Because mm. One of the things I really appreciate about what you've written is it comes out of a family. And, you know, it's it, it's a journey where it's not just your journey with, with cancer. It was your family's journey. And the, mm. there's an impact on family life. There's impact on marriage. There's impact on children. And actually in the book, yeah. Verity writes, and I, and I just there's this little bit that she writes, I love this. Um, and she says, I really haven't come to terms with it. Uh, my mind at the moment seems a lot messier and more turbulent. I, I loved that honesty. Uh, that she brings mm. there. You know, was there a point for her uh, where she did get to a point where she could hold it and come to terms with it and have hope? Uh, yes, although that came a lot later than for me. I think even after I I had been given the, the all clear and I was going through maintenance treatment, mm. um, she still had this fear that it could all, you know, or be snatched away in an instant type thing. So it's it's taken her a lot longer to to come to the point of having having hope. I mean, I was so grateful that Jesus intervened and gave that to me right at the beginning, mm. um, because that can be very difficult mm. um, going going through that without having that certainty, without having that peace. She she found it um, much harder in that respect. 
Yeah. How about you? But she she has eventually come round to that. Yeah. Yeah. She's found that piece now. What What about your kids? You know, what was the impact for them? Oh, bless them. Um, well, when this all started, I only had one one child, Katrina, mm. and she was very young. She was about two, and we didn't want to make it something scary for her, but she kind of knew that something was going on, mm. and especially when when all my hair went off and stuff. She would she would kiss my bald head every night, bless her, mm. before she went to bed. We still talk about it every now and then with her. She she obviously can't remember mm. much of it, and all it was was me like lying on a sofa, really, mm. from from her perspective. But I guess for 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 my relationship with her, I mean now, um, it's a very strong bond that we have in terms of parents. I don't know. I don't know if if you have favorites or whatever, but but she'll be the she'll be the one that's always holding my hand, always wanting to give me a cuddle, always wanting to sit next to me when we have a meal, that kind of thing. She's still got that, and I don't know if she associates that with with what's gone before, um, but there's definitely that kind of. Um, stronger bond um that she has with me mm. um of course i love all my children um <laughs> equally uh and and they've all come along in in miraculous ways since um the cancer i mean lara's mentioned in the book because she she was conceived at the very last possible moment yeah. before i started having chemo and then kind of was born like two days before um, I started having my maintenance treatment after it all. So that whole pregnancy happened whilst the storm was going on. So, yeah. Yeah. All very interesting. I mean, it it, it has impacts, doesn't it? In uh, a number of years ago, I put my back out and uh, you know, my son, months and months, months later, made a comment to Becky about um, the fact that I'd... I'd been laid in bed or laid on the sofa and I'd not been out kicking the ball around the garden with him. You know, there was just little things that I hadn't mm -hmm. even kind of recognised that, you know, the kids pick up and it becomes a part of it uh, as well. Um, yeah. Just jumping back to your, your diagnosis. So when you got that diagnosis, mm. can I ask this question? Like, where did you feel God was in that moment? If, if you, if you, well, you have to read the story to get all the detail right, but... The actual diagnosis came after God had pretty much told me what was going to happen mm. anyway. So I was in a place of, of peace. I mean, when the doctors said, well, they didn't even say you've got cancer. They said you've got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And you're like, well, what's that? Mm. Um, but when we figured out that it was cancer, um, I kind of took a deep breath and thought, well, yeah, I knew that because... God had already told me this, you know, I would have been surprised if it wasn't. Um, but it really knocked the wind out of Verity's sails because she wasn't in the same place as me at the time. But before that, I mean, when, when, when the signs were starting to point towards it being cancer, it was, it was a scary time. You're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> this could be it. My, my time could be up. Mm. And all these questions started swirling round and I, I was driving down to to um a worship event called pursuit which you were involved mm, with yeah. actually shortly like the the day after all the signs started pointing towards that it could be yeah um cancer and so the drive down was very emotional i was just in the car on my own and um yeah and but i had a the weekend just spent in god's presence just trying to process 
the situation and what what could or couldn't be and you know there's the whole story of how god brought me to that place of peace um in that time do you get a sense of what the lord was not teaching you but do you get a sense of what the lord was saying to you in all of it did you have uh, just a clear mm. sense of you know um you know, my follow-up question will be, well, how did you know it was the Lord? Would be my second question. But, you know, was there a sense of, like, I know what the Lord is saying here? Yeah. Yeah, there was. Pretty much, um, you're not in control of your life. And actually, when you gave your life to me, that's what you were doing. You were surrendering your control. So don't try and control this because I've got you. And whatever happens, because he didn't, he didn't tell me I was going to survive. This was it. He didn't say, you know, it's going to be okay. He just said, I'm in control and you know me. And whether you live or whether you die, I'm good. Mm. And you can trust that. Mm. So that 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 clearly kept going through. And that's what gave me the peace mm. in the midst of all what was going on. Just knowing that, you know what? I'm not in control. I can't control yeah. this. So I'm not going to try. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, okay. <laughs> okay, God, take it. This is, this is, you know, have your way. And I trust you. And I know that whatever happens, you are good. And that, you know, you've got this. So, you know, go for it. Yeah, control. I was trying to control things. It will always lead us to worry mm. and anxiety. But when we release, you know, Lord, this is in your hands and I'm, I'm going to trust you with mm. this. Uh, whatever yeah. plays out, you, we have this deep sense of peace uh, because we know actually yeah. this is all in his care. Can I... Can I ask you a bit more of a light-hearted question? So I yeah. want to ask you. So all of this is going on. You're, you're having your treatment. You're on the sofa. Um, uh -huh. What for you were uh, those little golden moments? What were the treasures? What were the things you enjoyed? What were you watching on Netflix? Um, you know, <laughs> what, what for you got you through? Was there a particular album or a particular book? Uh, movie or TV show? Was it was. It was a Netflix series, actually. Yeah. Um. I was. I was told I couldn't mention it by name in the book because of copyright issues or whatever. So it isn't mentioned in the book, but I could tell you on the podcast. Yeah. Um. So I. I got into the the series called Nashville. Ah. All about songwriters in America, um. And there were loads of sort of series and and I kind of just binge watched Nashville from beginning to end. <laughs> Um, during, <laughs> during my times of just lying on the sofa, not really wanting to do anything else, I could, I could press the button on the remote control. So that was good. So yeah, I watched loads and loads of Nashville. And for, for some people who know me, I, I really like music and songwriting. Um, and so, yeah, that was just something that, that helped to, to sort of yeah. jolly me along. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, let me follow that question. You know, what is your favorite album? What What would be, you know, oh. if, if you could take, say, three records uh, with you into hospital, let's say, you know, what would they be? That's such a hard question. 
my favorite album or song kind of changes on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Interesting question. I guess, especially with with the cancer and stuff and, and going for treatments, I did take some music with me, although I mostly watched Netflix even while I was having treatment. But it would be more the quieter stuff, even sort of instrumental ambient stuff. Um, I found that the more upbeat songs during that time were, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't cope. Um, but songs full of hope. So, so like um, the song called Still, that really spoke to me during that time. Sort of hide me now in the shadow of your wings. I'll be still and know that you are God. That, that kind of, mm. that kind of um, encouragement song where you're kind of saying, you know, here I am, Lord, do do what you will. I'm kind of reflecting that that um, surrender um, aspect. Mm. I love that. We, uh, it'd be interesting to see as the years go by, uh, when you hear those songs, like still, mm. you know, what it takes you back to. Because uh, music mm. has this incredible power. You hear a song from a particular album that you've not listened to in years and suddenly you're back there. Uh, either yeah. good or bad, and uh, and often when it's a negative season that you remember that track from, you can look back on it uh, in a very different way. It's interesting uh, how music does yeah. that for us. Yeah, that's another one that 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 was speaking to you at the time. That when my heart was torn asunder, that that song mm. um, is is really good. Yeah. Well, your book, it's honest, it's it's painful to read at times in the sense of what you were going through because you know we connect with you in it but mm. actually you write your writing style is incredibly hopeful and i love this little line in the book you say um you're saying it this period was bittersweet for us we held on to these two things that through all things jesus will be glorified and that he, uh, he can turn all things for the good of those who love him, which is Romans 8, uh, 28. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I just love how you, you kind of crafted that, you, you know, it was bittersweet for us, but we held on to these two things. Jesus will be glorified. Uh, and it, what you're saying there is quite powerful. You know, whatever was going to play out, um, you know, in terms of life or death, Jesus would still be glorified. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is just true, and that through all things he does work things out for those that love him. How did you hold on to that hopeful perspective through it all? Yes, God has spoken to you, um, but as we know in Scripture, God can speak to people, and the next moment they're miserable. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you yeah. hold on to that hope? It was a choice. It was a choice almost every day. Because um, you can kind of wake up and think everything's normal, and all of a sudden you think, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this terrible thing is going on in my life." Um, and it's 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 a decision each day. You say, "You know what? I could I could throw my toys out of the cot and decide that today I'm going to, you know, just be a, a wreck on the floor or whatever." And you could, mm. and 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 there were times, there were times um, when you know, I started to understand because I had a friend who was going through a similar thing and he decided to stop treatment and he had had enough. Mm. And there was a time when I reached that point and I thought, you know what? I, <laughs> I can, I can, I can relate. I can see now I could just say, this is it. This is enough. I'm not doing it anymore. Mm. 
but actually deciding saying no you know what i'm i'm going to hold on to to what god has said i'm going to hold on to this hope i'm going to hold on to and just trust him um and keep going so yeah it, it's a decision and sometimes it can be a very difficult decision yeah um so a minute ago i said it was a painful read uh let me just explain why i say that uh, my wife's <laughs> best friend, who was her bride of honor, uh, bride of honor at, at our wedding, um, passed away oh. ten years ago of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Uh, oh. So as I'm reading the book, I'm relating to um, what you were talking yeah. about in the sense that you know we watched it uh, as family friends, but watching how it impacted her husband and and her children and her mum and dad and. And the friends around and um, one of uh, well part of our story is that number of years after uh, Becky's friend passed away uh, Becky ended up in uh, counseling because she she really struggled mm. to process it we, you know we we're in a transitional period of moving to where we are now so we were moving house setting up a church and it was almost like we you know put all those things you put that motion down deep down though we'll just move through it but you can't you have to process, you have to work it mm. through. And so Becky ended up in counseling uh, to talk about it. And, uh, and it, you know, so I'm reading your story, really, you know, relating to so many aspects, but I'm reading it thinking, gosh, I wonder what, what was happening here, what was happening there. Um, but what I did really appreciate, and I love what you've just said now, is, is just how you wrote with hope. Because my friend, you know, Becky's friend didn't have hope. She had no faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, she had no relationship to anybody who really had um, faith in the family, so there was a lot. It was a lot less hopeful, and and really that's what screams throughout your your writing, your book. Uh, it's just this uh, golden thread of of hope in Jesus Christ and His promises. Mm. Um, so you know that's where where I, I just found it so hard. I was just relating to. Uh, what you guys had, had gone through. Now you're on the other side, and I, I want to talk about today, is if that's all right. Uh, yeah. I just want to yeah, uh, yeah. just ask you this question. You know, you've changed your line of work. Uh, you're doing something mm -hmm. different. Uh, you've taken a pay cut, uh, but <laughs> you have talked in the book about feeling more content and joyful than ever. Now, most of us would say uh, to be joyful and, and, and filled full of contentment, we need a better house, bigger car, more holidays, uh, more in the bank. Uh, but actually, you're, you're talking about a life of, uh, that's more simple. Uh, you know, yeah. what would your word be to somebody who is listening right now, who is thinking, do you know what? Uh, I live for work, uh, not work to, to live life. I'm living for work. I'm not content. Mm -hmm. I'm not joyful. I'm actually feeling quite miserable. You know, what would be your your message to them about a different way of living? I would first say pray, pray about it first. Um, I've learned the hard way. Don't don't just rush into stuff. For a long while, I I thought I had a feeling that that God had a change in store for me, but because I'd run ahead of His timing before, and it it almost went badly wrong um that you know this time i would wait and i was waiting a good two three years before 
I believe that God was saying, okay, now is the time. Now mm. is the time to make that change. So the first thing is pray mm. um, and wait. When, when the time did come to make that change, um, obviously I spoke to my wife about it. She was, she was more excited than me. She was like, yeah, the time has come, hooray. And I was like, oh, but what about this and what about that? Um, I was more hesitant, but she was quite encouraging. And we spoke to other Christian friends around us, sort of saying, you know, we we think that this is what God is is asking us to do. Do you think? Do you think we we've completely mad, or is this, you know, do you think it's the right thing? And they all came back and said, yes, we definitely think this is the 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 way to go. It was definitely a step of faith because I didn't I didn't really step into any employment afterwards. Um, I moved from employment into self employment, and sort of. Without really knowing where the where the money was going to come from, um, and would this would these ideas I had actually work or not? Who knew? Um, so it was quite a step of faith. But I was doing something that that I love, and I am doing something that I love, and the, using the gifts and talents that God has given me to glorify Him, mm. and He's been faithful. He's been faithful. Um, I've been doing this for a good four or five years now. And yeah, uh, we still have a roof over our heads and, mm. you know, the bills are still paid, praise God. And yeah, I'm, I'm doing things I love. Mm. And I'm still working. I'm still working I'm fairly hard. Um, I, have to, I have to really concentrate during the, the sort of half terms and school holidays to not work. But yeah, God is good. So for someone who is in that position, pray about it first. See what God has got in store. I mean, it might be a change of career, or it might just be a change of mindset. It might be that, that he's wanting you to stay where you are, but to have a, an impact for the kingdom wherever, wherever you, you're placed. And it might be working through some stuff to, to, to get a, a God's perspective on what he's called you to do, um, which will give you that, new lease of life where you placed or it might be you know now's the time to change direction so yeah speak to jesus ask him ask him what he wants you to do matt thank you so much for writing this and thank you for chatting with me today if if anybody wants to pick up any elements of our conversation i i i, mm. I kind of feel drawn to uh most of us know somebody who has gone through cancer or you know is yeah. going through cancer uh, mm. there are those of us who've who've lost people uh, to cancer yeah. um you know what would your just kind of final recommendation be to anybody who's listening today who's kind of in that now and they're listening going look this is where i'm at what would you just recommend mm. to them uh, to be the next move after listening to this podcast be wary of the sources of information that you get. There's so much stuff, especially on the internet, about cancer. And there's a lot of it that's rubbish and can be very scary rubbish. Mm. And so really filter out or even just decide, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to Google my condition or, or whatever. Um just, you know, speak to a medical professional. They, they will be able to help or go to a trusted cancer charity to find your information from. Don't, 
don't start going down rabbit holes of weird, weird diets or weird oils or, you know, all, there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Um, so, so be wary. And if, if you're listening to this and you're not going through cancer, um, and you know someone who is, I think it's really important in order to support that person, just come alongside. You don't have to say anything. Don't feel that you have to say anything or, you know, oh, it'll be okay or whatever it is. You don't need to say anything. Just your presence there makes a difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your presence makes a difference. Um, even if it's just taking over some soup that you've you've cooked you, as a way of showing that person, you know, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. That, that is amazing when you're in that position. So much better than, you know, someone trying to say something well-meaning, but, you know, you then, you then hear the words, you think, well, ooh. <laughs> mm. So sometimes actions are much better than words, mm. um, especially in situations where you don't have the words to say. Yeah, speak less, but be present more. Be yeah be available yeah matt where can people find you <laughs> not not your address but your online where can people find you uh i've got a website mattmcclary.com m-a-t-t-m-c-c-h-l-e-r-y mattmcclary.com um and there's all sorts of stuff on there there's the book on there there's some music on there there's even um cancer care packs on there so if you've got someone who you know has got cancer and you want to give them a copy of the book plus some other goodies that will bring comfort um you can find those on there as well so yeah that's the best place to head matt thank you so much uh for speaking to me today i feel really privileged to take over your christian book blurb podcast and uh <laughs> mate, thank you Chris. wish you well wish the book really well as well and um I can't wait to be able to just recommend it to, to people that I know that it'll be really powerful for. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to gift it to someone else. Uh, so thank you. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.